The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's going on, everybody? RGO Choe here from SB Nation's blog and theboys.com. Hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy. We hope you're safe. We hope you're healthy. And I know that you are thrilled after what we just saw. Welcome to our post-game show here at Blog and the Boys. A reminder before we get started that our post-game show is presented to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky, the jerky that helps fuel our 7-3 and three Dallas Cowboys. That is correct. Righteous Felon Jerky and Biltong are available for Cowboys players at the Ford Center Training Facility. Each two-ounce bag of jerky has 16 to 20 grams of protein, Biltong 32 grams, and each meat stick appropriately has eight grams of protein i say appropriately because i'm ochoa ocho whatever if it's good enough for the cowboys it has got to be good enough for you too righteous felon uses locally sourced all natural black angus beef and prides itself on superior quality revolutionary branding and unique flavors that go beyond the stereotypical jerky offering go to righteousfelon.com and use discount code btb15 at checkout to get 15 percent off of your order btb15 to get 15 percent off of your order let's get started your thoughts your comments your questions this is our post game show driven by you i am but the mannequin i am the cover of the no strings attached cd i will dance the way that you want me to dance although we will talk about cd lamb of course what an absolutely incredible win. Opening statement for me, 40-3, to three, the final score. We all had questions, right? I think that, you know, the way that the last week's game went, um, it, it, it tore at us. It poked at us. It, it poured salt in, in a wound that we thought had healed, right, to lose to the, to the Green Bay Packers on the road at Lambeau Field after having a 14-point lead to, to watch Aaron Rodgers in all his smugness or smudgeness, whatever Michael Scott wants to call it, to, to just have to eat that and swallow it was just such – a frustrating thing if you have been a Dallas Cowboys fan for a long time like most of us have. But here's the thing, and I learned this in talking to Trayvon Diggs this past week here on the Blog and the Boys Network. You can watch that on our YouTube channel or listen on our podcast feed if you scroll back. As much as we loved those teams, as much as we loved the 2016 and 2014, you know, those teams, even the 2007 Cowboys, I know the Packers weren't a thorn in their side, but those teams, even the, the 14 team, right, you know, it was eight years ago. I, I tweeted earlier today, the last time the United States was in the World Cup, which was 2014, the Dallas Cowboys beat the Eagles in December and went on to win the division. 
that team has nothing to do with this, right? The, the, the Dez caught it, the third and 20, that has nothing to do with this year. And I think that I can speak for myself. I made a lot out of last week's game against the Packers. I think some of you did. I think we all did. We assigned too much emotional value to that game, and so it stung. And what did the Cowboys do? They said, that means nothing to us. This game, this week, the Minnesota Vikings, the 8-1 and one team, they are the mount that we want in our office. We know if we win this game, it improves our playoff positioning in the NFC. We know if we win this game, then all the goals, all the things that we want to accomplish are right in front of us. We know that the team that blew that 14-point lead to the Green Bay Packers last week, we know that that is not who we are. And they showed us, they completely, totally told us who they are on Sunday afternoon against the Minnesota Vikings, 40-3. to It was the largest margin of victory in a Dallas Cowboys road win in franchise history. 37 points the Dallas Cowboys won by. They didn't just beat some, some Yahoo sort of team. They didn't just beat some whatevers. They beat a team tied at the moment for the best record in the NFL. The Vikings tied, of course, with the Eagles entering this week at 8-1. and one. My goodness gracious, we have a lot to get to, uh, get to. Carlos, thank you for the super chat. Says, how about them, Cowboys? The baby's going to sleep. Everybody, it can't be too loud around here. RJ, do you think the Eagles and Vikings peaked too early while Dallas seems to be peaking at the right time? It's a slippery slope, Carlos. You got to be careful when you talk about peaking, peaking early, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that's my long answer. Um the short answer is I, I kind of agree with you, right? I think we're kind of seeing that that from the Eagles today. Man, they almost lost. We almost got it, right? We did get the Giants lost. We'll talk about that and whatnot, uh, but almost got it. And, and you think about the last few games for the Philadelphia Eagles, struggling like crazy to barely beat the Indianapolis Colts, obviously losing on Monday night to the Commanders, although I think we respect the Commanders just a little bit, um, struggling before that against the Houston Texans, the team the Commanders throttled today. The Commanders had their way with the Texans when the Eagles really kind of, you know, were pulling teeth to get that win. And sometimes it's difficult. It's very difficult, as we've seen. And I tweeted, I mentioned a tweet of mine earlier. I tweeted earlier on Sunday. This year's Eagles team kind of reminds me of last year's Cowboys team in this sense. Obviously, they're different, their play styles, things like that. But, you know, I, I think we all kind of thought certainly, you know, the second half of last season was so difficult for the Cowboys. They were winning games, yes, and they had some moments, the Sunday night win against Washington. But but they were a team that peaked early. We obviously know that now. And it kind of does seem like I tweeted this uh, after the Eagles won, and a lot of the Eagles fans are upset about it. It does kind of feel like the best version of who they were and who they will be when this season is over is behind them. It's hard to see them kind of finding that form they had early on in the season. And I don't know about the Vikings. The Vikings schedule is very interesting. Um, but but this was such a huge win for the Cowboys because the Vikings are going to win the NFC North. They're going to be in contention for the number one seed in the NFC. And that is something that the Cowboys are themselves right now. We'll get there, though. Casey Cooper, thank you for the super chat. Says Chuck Norris wears Brett Maher underwear. What an incredible performance by Brett Maher. I have eaten lots of crow. All right? I have a lot of crow in my belly. I have a lot of righteous felon um, in my belly too. Loco says Parsons should be the righteous felon craft jerky player of the game. We will get to that as well. Uh, we do have a poll question up for you, by the way, on our YouTube channel. If you are watching live, what is this team's ceiling? Are they a general playoff team? That would be a wildcard team. Are they going to win this division? Or are they going to be the number one seed in the NFC? We will line up how all those things can happen. Brett Maher, was phenomenal. I mean, phenomenal. Phenomenal. I don't even know. He, I mean, probably kicked like 5,000 yards worth of field goals on Sunday afternoon against the Vikings. That was, I want to start there. That's kind of the only negative thing I have to say. It's not really about the Cowboys. And let me be very, 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 very clear. Complaining about officiating is lame and stupid. And fine, if officials want to take those three points away, I think we'll be okay as Cowboys fans. I have no idea how that happened. I have no idea how the Cowboys 
you know, had that successful catch from CD Lamb, a catch that ultimately was deemed to be successful, called a timeout, had all this kind of time that everybody was chilling, ran up and saw Brett Maher kick a field goal. And then after the field goal, the officials decided to review the CD Lamb catch, no catch that they thought, whatever. That is literally against the rules. After a second play, after play X happens, if play Y happens, if Y is post X, you cannot go review X. It is dead. That's why if you're a newer football fan, that's why you see after teams have kind of questionable catches, they're running up to the line of scrimmage because they want to get another playoff because you can't go back in time and challenge it. The officials, even after Brett Maher's field goal, went back in time. A lot of people saying that they haven't seen that happen before. I have seen that happen once before, and it involved the commentator from this game, Tony Romo. A lot of people remember that 2007 game, which was also won with a long field goal, Nick Falk in that 53-yarder. Um, as the Cowboys were mounting that late game win, um, T.O. had this big conversion that Tony Romo threw to him, and then the Cowboys ran up and spiked the ball. And then the officials, after the spike, ran up and said, we're going to review this because we only let you run and spike the ball to make sure you had enough time to spike the ball. That was so stupid. Whatever. Really ridiculous. Officiating. You suck. Ball don't lie. Brett Maher forever. Paul says Pollard 100% should be NFC player of the month. The month isn't over, but he's certainly trending in that direction. I think Brett Maher is definitely going to be NFC special team, excuse me, yeah, NFC special teams player of the week. You can make an argument that Tony Pollard should be, um, you know, the uh, NFC offensive player of the week. Bree Bree Nick said stock down the NFL for switching to the Cincinnati Pittsburgh game after halftime. This did not affect me personally. I live in Texas. Um, I know this did affect a lot of you who live on the East coast or, or different places. Um, that is the ultimate sign of disrespect uh, <laughs> to the Vikings. You're supposed to be this like eight and one monster. And I believe in the Vikings to be clear. They obviously had a bad game, um, but, but to literally get moved off of the broadcast because you are that bad and getting destroyed that badly. That is the ultimate sign of disrespect. Um, let's see here. Uh, logical fans is we also own Kirk cousins and the Vikings. So yeah, Dak had his chance to earn that title and he couldn't beat our boogeyman, Aaron Rodgers, And he had two attempts to do that. I hate to admit this. I know Jonathan was upset about your comment. Aaron Rodgers owns the Cowboys, whatever. Bree Bree Nick um, says stock down Tony Romo for saying that Lamb didn't catch that five seconds before the ref said it was a catch. Romo's been a little bit suspect on the Cowboys broadcast he's done this season. I don't know if anybody is, is willing to admit that. I know we all love Tony. Uh, if you'll recall the Trayvon Diggs interception that you know wasn't or whatever, he was obsessed with that play and, and trying to get it to not count. We talked about that that week, but enough, enough negative energy. This is a great time. Um, if you, um, I know we have some, some younger audience. If you're a kid, if you're in high school, maybe you have the week off, if you're in college, whatever, um, you know, wherever, whatever your line of work is that, you know, I, I promise it generally is, is much cooler, much more fun, much just more awesome this particular week because it's Thanksgiving. We get to run into this week with the positive momentum from the Cowboys survivor still on Wednesday night. It's going to be great. The Christmas music is right around the corner. If you aren't hearing it already. I mean, it's just a really great time of the year. And so the Cowboys winning this way really adds that. And really elevates that. I mean, this was just an amazing, amazing, amazing performance. All right, let's get to stock up, stock down. I'm going to be honest with you. I write about this every week also at blogontheboys.com. I do an Instagram post about it. Go follow me on Instagram, please, at rjojoa. Uh, Paul, thank you for the super chat. 40 burger with a dominant D. Well said. Um, nice order from you. This week, it's only stock up. Only stock up. We're only pointing arrows up. I mentioned the good vibes, good times. Everything's going on here. We are only pointing the arrow up. Stock up. So who do you have as your stock up players, people, coaches, whatever the case may be for the Dallas Cowboys? Let's get to it. But before we do, Big Red TLC, thank you for the super chat. It says, after the first quarter, you said on Twitter, the final score would be 40 to 12. 
not bad, bro. Thank you very much, Big Red. I don't have a hat, but if I did, I would tip it to you. I said that only as a joke. If I'm being totally honest, the score was 20 to three. Um, so I said the Cowboys are on pace <laughs> to win 40 to three. I just, you know, you, you do the math and, um, you know, who would have thought? Who would have thought that um, that it would have happened that way? Uh, but again, I, I do thank you for the shout out, Big Red TLC. I hope your turkey is delicious this week. All right, let's go ahead. Uh, JB74, by the way, says, I love Tony, but he's been getting the volume turned down on him lately. Yeah, again, just kind of reaching that point with him. Um, you'll be thrilled to know, I guess, people, that Fox has the Thanksgiving Day game. So we will not have to hear... What a weird sentence. We want to have to hear Tony Romo do the Cowboys game. Shane Davis says, stock up, Sam Williams. Uh, stock up to Shane Davis for the up emoji. Uh, not the easiest thing to find in your keyboard. Stock up definitely for Sam Williams. I'm somebody who questioned the Sam Williams pick a little bit uh, early on. Obviously, that was a different time. And I've eaten a lot of crow on that as well. Sam or, you know, the artist formerly known as D. That was a weird month. Uh, Sam Williams has been amazing for the Cowboys. And it certainly is easier to rush the passer. I, I don't mean to say or imply it's easy. But it's easier to do in a defense that features Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, Dorrance Armstrong was back today. Dante Fowler had a sack right. It's, you know, it's easier to, to, to float when the rising tide is, is pushing everybody up. So I don't want to take anything away from Sam Williams. What he did was incredible. I mean, he was phenomenal. Let's see. Let's get the defensive stats here for the Cowboys on the day. Um, total sacks. We had one for J. Ron Curse, who did the skull right after. Uh, we had two for Micah Parsons, two for Dorrance Armstrong, one for Dante Fowler, one for Demarcus Lawrence, seven Monica Geller sacks for the Dallas Cowboys against the Minnesota Vikings. So no sack for Sam Williams, but he was there all the way through. Good for him. Good job. A lot of you are saying Trayvon Diggs. Um, I have nothing to disagree. I have nothing to say. I only have something to promote, and it's the interview that I did with him. Go back and watch it here on the Blog on the Boys YouTube channel or listen to it here on the Blog on the Boys podcast network. It was 17 minutes. It was super awesome. I've been very fortunate to be a part of a lot of these, and he was among my favorite interviews that I've ever done. I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Trayvon Diggs. I mentioned the stats. All right, is anybody curious? Does anybody want to know how Justin Jefferson performed for the Minnesota Vikings? And to be very clear here, Love JJ, not a slight, not a shot. This was just obviously a question we all had. Justin Jefferson is so awesome that, you know, beating him this way is something you can be very proud of. Justin Jefferson targeted five times by Kirk Cousins, three catches, 33 yards, not even the leading receiver on his team, although he kind of technically was, um, you know, I'm, I'm being a little silly here. TJ Hawkinson with five catches for 34 yards led the way for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, man, just an amazing performance by Trayvon Diggs. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. I mean, I, you know, we were talking about this on the Black and the Boys Roundtable. We do them every Tuesday here at 7 p.m. Central Time. We stream them live. We'll do that one this week as well, even though it's a holiday week. So if you're going to be driving or traveling, go have that to listen to starting Tuesday night or Wednesday morning if you can't be part of the live show. But Tony Catalina, who you'll hear tomorrow on First and Ten here on our podcast, never mentioned that Trayvon Diggs is not far behind Micah Parsons as far as the, the best defensive player on the Cowboys. And that sounds ridiculous when you say it that way, but he really is not. Trayvon Diggs has evolved. And that's one of the things that Tony Romo said that I think we all love. Uh, and a lot of people have been saying this Trayvon the interception numbers aren't there we knew that would happen we knew there would be regression to the mean but to show up Trayvon again something important he said this was one of one he said this was the one in the interview that I did with him he said this is the one we want Kirk Cousins we want Justin Jefferson the Cowboys called their shot Trayvon Diggs obviously chief among them in that capacity they said this is a playoff game and they went out and they just kicked ass and I mean to do that to, to, to shoot your shot that way and, and to, to nail it like that is incredibly impressive. That is something that only the most elite teams do. And the Cowboys deserve all the credit in the world for that. Let's see. We missed a couple of super chats.
chats. Zachary Aranda, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, says, RJ, I know you wanted CR10 in the fourth in Green Bay, but Coop in the fourth in Minnesota. Sheesh. Uh, Cooper Rush, getting a moment, was just super, super, super awesome. Um, you know, Cooper Rush on the subject of things to listen to, um, the DallasCowboys.com team does such a great job uh, in fielding player interviews every Monday on the Cowboys Hour. Um, it, it's such a, an awesome thing to listen to, to players in like an hour, a really relaxed format. And Cooper Rush was this week's guest. Really awesome dude. And obviously, we're, we all love Cooper Rush, what he did this season. For him to get time in Minnesota specifically, the place where he got his first career win was so Awesome. Great job, Cooper Rush. I don't have him as a stock up, but I have no problem if you want to uh, put him up there. Brian, thank you for the super or the super chat. Says, as I said on TikTok, everybody go follow Brian on TikTok. Does a great job. Real, I don't want to give away what Brian posts on TikTok, but it's really, really, really interesting. So go follow him, please. Uh, follow me on TikTok while you're at it. As I said on TikTok, Brian says, ball and clock control is the biggest difference maker. We did that this week. Run the ball, Bert. Clock control for the Dallas Cowboys as I pull this up here. I mean, seriously, Cowboys just absolutely dominated. They ran 70 plays to Minnesota's 54, had 458 total yards to Minnesota's 183. Uh, each team had 10 total drives, which is kind of funny when you look at it that way. Uh, yards per play, Minnesota at an embarrassing 3.4. Dallas at 6.5 yards per play. But the time of possession, which is what Brian is talking about, Minnesota held the ball for 22 minutes and 36 seconds. Meanwhile, the Dallas Cowboys held it for 37 minutes and 24 seconds. Total, complete, absolute domination. Well done, Dallas Cowboys. The Lunatic says stock up playing Jason Peters at left tackle and 73 as left guard as of late. Tyler Smith, obviously 73, getting ready for the return of 77. There was a lot going on, obviously, late in the game. I think we were all kind of um, not like just counting our chickens, but like, man, this is a cool chicken, right? I, I got one of these chickens. Look at look at my chickens. Like we were past the point of counting. We were like displaying the chickens. Um, Tyler Smith playing left guard. Jason Peters playing left tackle. As Delunatic notes, the Cowboys clearly, obviously prepping for the return of Tyron Smith. I'm somebody, that's something I'll eat some crow on. I thought, I still kind of think it was impossible for, for Tyron Smith to return. The Cowboys said December, and that felt so just you know, unlikely. That was when when the vibes and the, the energy was so bad around this team before the season even started. And to their credit, it seems like they're going to get him back. And to their credit, it seems like they're not going to do anything silly. They're going to kick Tyler Smith inside and their offensive line is going to improve all the more. Chris Randall says stock up offensive line. I actually took the offensive line off of my list, not because I felt like they didn't deserve it, but because I ran out. I mean, you only have 10 spots to give away, and I took them out for Brett Maher because how could you not have Brett Maher on the list? But I'm fine giving love to the offensive line. Total domination. I mentioned sacks. I mean, Dak Prescott was flawless in this game, and we'll get to that in a lot of different ways. But the Minnesota Vikings finished. Does anybody know how many sacks the Minnesota Vikings had? Does anybody know? Off the top of your head, the answer is zero. By the way, the Minnesota Vikings did not get to Dak Prescott a single time so well done cowboys well done offensive line uh you deserve all the credit in the world uh let's see here um i don't have a graphic for this here um but i am just noticing this everybody as i take a sip of my water in my cowboys themed glass all right so um odell beckham jr who we can talk about if you'd like just tweeted uh this is now 13 minutes ago so we've been on here for 17 minutes this happened while we were on uh, i saw some of you comment about this um odell beckham jr tweeted they went crazy today with the eyeball emoji uh if you're curious the word crazy is spelled k-r-a-z-y so you know odell likes his own way of doing things uh but clearly 
talking about the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, we have more stock ups to get to and more thoughts and general conversation regarding the Cowboys' destruction of the Minnesota Vikings. However, we would be remiss to not mention this story. Uh, it was reported on NFL Network by NFL Network on Sunday morning that Odell has seemingly narrowed his choices down to the Dallas Cowboys and New York Giants. And significant action on Sunday. The New York Giants lost to fall to seven and three. The Dallas Cowboys won to get to seven and three. The Cowboys are currently ahead of the Giants in the NFC East race. And these two teams happen to meet on Thanksgiving Day, four days from now. And I wouldn't go as far as saying that this is uh, the Odell Beckham Jr. Bowl, um, but it kind of feels that way. I mean, if you're Odell, it you know not only are the Cowboys, um, you know, like how, how, not only are the Cowboys, you know begging for you to join their team uh but the cowboys are also ahead of the giants uh as d-day two says uh did he see the giants today he'd be crazy to pick daniel jones i agree with you by the way d-day two you spelled crazy the correct way uh not the way that odell spelled it with a k instead of a c um so i have i have no idea how you could be odell i mean look you connect yourself to the dallas cowboys you get paid you connect yourself to the new york giants it's a big name, obviously, especially if you're Odell Beckham Jr. and you achieved high levels of fame there. Odell is not a dummy. Odell knows what he's doing. Um, and so connecting himself to these two teams who, look, here's the thing. The Thanksgiving Day game, you think, you know, CBS, CBS cut away from this Cowboys-Vikings game. Fox would rather cancel half of their fall programming than get away from the Cowboys game on Thanksgiving. The Cowboys Thanksgiving Day game is like the most watched thing all time. And who do the Cowboys play on Thanksgiving Day? Odo or Odo Beckham Jr. They play the New York Giants. What is the Fox broadcast crew going to be talking about, among other things? Odo Beckham Jr. Odell and his people have played this very, very, very smartly. They've kept his name in the mix among playoff teams, high profile teams, teams in massive markets. They're going to play each other in what might be the most watched regular season game of the year, certainly the most watched one that isn't technically on primetime. So as Brian says, thank you for the super chat. Thanksgiving winner wins the OBJ sweepstakes. I think the Cowboys are going to crush the Giants to be very clear here, but I think that they are ultimately going to win this sweepstakes no matter what. In case you are curious, uh, the Dallas Cowboys have opened uh, as eight point favorites against the New York Giants on Thursday afternoon when Thanksgiving afternoon. That is according to our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. So they clearly, clearly, clearly believe uh, that um, <laughs> that Dallas is going to have success. All right. Uh, Paul, thank you for the affirmation, says it's the second biggest game to the Super Bowl in the NFL. That game also on Fox this year, so big, big year for Fox. Um, all right, let's see here. Shane, thank you for the comment, says, I have a friend who was a Vikings fan. He had to turn the game off midway through the third quarter, and we live in Oklahoma where the game stayed on throughout its entirety. LOL, Shane, I um, am so happy for you and sorry for your friend. I'm actually not sorry whatsoever. I feel incredible, and it came at your friend's sports expense, and I uh, make no apologies, but Let's get back to um, our stock up, stock down. By the way, we are taking votes in our comment section who our righteous felon craft jerky player of the game is going to be. Who do you want it to be? Let us know. Use the word righteous. Use the word felon. Use the word jerky. Use one of those words and your nominee for the righteous felon craft jerky player of the game. We'll get to those as well. All right, let's move on. Uh, John says stock up Tony Romo for being unbiased biased Cowboys fan for life fan um, or unbiased or unbiased biased Cowboys for life fan. Um, that's fine. Um, I'm not not for me. Not my you know not the best Romo game in my estimation. It's cool. Uh, whatever. We'll move on. Astro Joe says craft jerky Maher. Interesting choice. Brett Maher. Uh, we'll get there though. Uh, continued stock up. We talked about obviously Trayvon Diggs. We talked about Sam Williams. I think we have to give love to Micah Parsons. Um, and this is a pretty obvious thing, right? Like 
Micah started the game off strong. I mean, sack, fumble on third down, get the ball. It's unfortunate the Cowboys couldn't score a touchdown there, whatever. They scored on their first seven possessions, which is just stupid to say out loud. But Micah Parsons really set the tone early for the Dallas Cowboys and, and really kind of responded. You know, Micah's somebody who um, who walks the walk, right? He, he when, when he talks, I mean, he, he, Micah says a lot of like sports cliche things, right, that are good. And, and, and something that we like to hear as fans, but he does walk the walk. A lot of times, you know, not just Cowboys, but other players uh, will say something and then not back it up. Micah always backs it up. And, and one thing he said this past week was that he would never allow Dak Prescott to give him that big of a lead again and then fail. And I, he was he was right. <laughs> he was correct. So Micah Parsons deserves all credit in the world for the start to the game. Only thing here, Cowboys, what the hell are you doing? Playing Micah Parsons up 37 to three late in the game. Chill out, dude. We got another game on Thursday. You don't have to have Micah out there. That's the only thing. Ecuador man, AOG. Uh, if you are rooting for Ecuador, congratulations uh, on earlier today's action in the World Cup. Uh, says Nelson Mandela, Money Maher. Nelson Mandela, the best flavor that Righteous Felon Craft Turkey has to offer. Once again, discount code BTB15. I like the way Ecuador man thinks. Um, but congratulations to Micah Parsons. Um, he is amazing. Uh, let's see. Loco Texas says Micah is always arrow up. Seriously. Um, Don Sedona, by the way, says who has Maher on fantasy football? Yes. A lot of you, by the way, are nominating Brett Maher as our Righteous Fallen Craft Jerky player of the game. So uh, we will see. It is an elite honor that go, goes out to any player. You know, Thanksgiving has the like iron, whatever it is. I've already forgotten. Um, but um, cool deal, you know, to get nominated or to get to win the Righteous Fallen Craft Jerky player of the week. Watson Mata says, Micah beef jerky, 37 inches is not extraordinary. Three inches is. Um, oh, I think you're talking about uh, not inches. I read that incorrectly. Not 37 is not extraordinary. Three is the score. Well done. Uh, Kenneth Cook says, RJ, stock up. Cooper Rush, not on my list, but I'm totally cool if you want to have him there. Doxon7 says, Jason Garrett approved of the win. I'm assuming that Garrett just said this on Football Night in America. Uh, Loco, thank you. The Iron Turkey. Uh, that is CBS's award. Um, Joey, let's get this back on track. Says, Dak played his best game in well over a year. Now, to set this up, Last week, um, I did a hit with my friends Kevin Gray and Chris Arnold on 105.3 The Fan, the home of the Dallas Cowboys. Everybody listen to them, support them. The Fan is so great. And all the interviews they do with Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones and Mike McCarthy. By the way, shout out to the friend of the show, Bobby Belt, starting full time uh, tomorrow morning in the morning on 105.3 The Fan. So listen to them. Uh, but in the hit that I did with them, you know, I said that it, it, it was really fair to, to criticize Dak, right? I mean, you know, Dak played well. And I think had the Cowboys won last week, we would have really explained away the interceptions, right? We, we would have said, well, it was CD's fault. It was Schultz's fault. Dak played well. He, you know, he built this lead, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But I think it's fair because you play quarterback, because you make the big bucks, right? It's fair to sit here and say, you touched the ball twice with the chance to go win the game, Dak, and you did not do it. And that falls on you. And ultimately it did. And holy crap, Dak Prescott responded. This was, to the comments point, maybe the best game that Dak Prescott has played since New England of last year. That was what I talked about with Chris and KG. I said, what was the la when was the last time that Dak just went out and, and just dominated, just completely owned a team, You know, had the, had the drive when he had to have it, had the moment when he had to have it, and, and granted, that wasn't the case in this game. It's not like the Cowboys needed a big-time field goal or touchdown or something like that. They didn't need them because Dak owned them. Dak owned every single bit of this, finished 22 of 25, 276 yards, 11 yards uh, on average, two touchdowns through the air, a little bit of mobility from Dak, too, three carries for 16 yards. This was the finest performance that Dak Prescott has had since last year's game in New England. I know that the Cowboys had some strong performances uh, against Washington la last year on Sunday Night Football, the bench game and the fight game, and then they had a great game in Week 18 against the Eagles. That was insignificant. This 
was Dak just absolutely saying that team is one we got to beat. That's something we got to get through. We got to have that mount in our office. I'm going to go get it. I'm going to do that. Uh, I love this comment from Zach. Uh, where did it go? Uh, Zach says, Dak had that dog in him today. If one of you wants to offer a woof sound, um, I'm not going to do that. But um, if you want to, it's up, up to you. But seriously, an incredible, absolutely incredible performance by Dak Prescott. Brian says, Pollard had like 200 total yards. He is How is he not the jerky MVP? We'll get there. We'll get there, Brian. We haven't handed out the jerky MVP. Uh, Joey says, Dak to Pollard for 62 was a dime. I mean, again, I understand. And, you know, we haven't had that many Eagles fans in our show here this evening, probably because, you know, they're a little bit, a little bit scared, a little bit nervous. Oh, man. Oh, no. And you know why they're nervous? Because Dak is back. This dude is completely and totally back. And, you know, this could go away, right? Like, that's the way sports work, and that's the way football works. This has been a weird kind of year. You know, production's been down, not just for Dak Prescott, but for a lot of quarterbacks. And it's so difficult to evaluate Dak properly because of the fact that he missed five games, right? And so you look at it, you know, Who's the, actually? I'll just ask you. I'll ask all of you. Be, I want you to be as honest as you possibly can. Who is the best quarterback in the NFC East? Because my answer is Dak Prescott. I'll buy you all some time to give your thoughts. Who is the best? And I'm not saying who's the most accomplished this season, who's thrown for the most yards this season. I'm saying right now, you got to take one of these four dudes Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts, Daniel Jones, Taylor Heineke. Who is the best quarterback today? in the NFC East. I don't know how the answer is not Dak Prescott. Let's see. Jonathan Ortiz says Dak Prescott. Adam Blank, Dak 100%. Watson Mata, Dak by far. Uh, man, I lost a baby. Baba, Yoga, Baba Yaga says Hurts right now. Uh, Shane Davis, Dak with a great running game is hard to beat. Carlos, Dak by a mile. Opera Doc says Prescott. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Zach Fowler, by the way, says Sirianna, Sirianni showboating after barely beating a Jeff Saturday-led Colts team had me rolling laughing. That's it's the way Nick Sirianni rolls. Donnie says Dak easily. JB74, Dak. Brian says Jalen Hurts. Uh, Tuan B says Dakota. Dak Prescott. Juanita, Dak, of course. Loco says Dak. Rex Morgan says today, Dak. Money Fanatic says it's Dak, of course. Come on, you know that. Uh, Malik Weaver says what's Dak's playoff record? He has more playoff wins than Jalen Hurts does, if that's the metric that you want to use. Joey Stewart says what? Uh, no question at all. Dak. Caleb says, and I like this comment a lot. I don't know how anyone can put someone in front of Dak. He's the most complete passer. Jalen is an incredible runner. And to be clear here, this, this question isn't said to, to exist as some sort of slight against Jalen Hurts. He is an amazing quarterback. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. But Dak Prescott is better. Dak Prescott is one of the best passers in the NFL. And last time I checked, passing was an important component to playing the quarterback position. Again, today, and look. I know people think that the Vikings are a little bit suspect, but finished 22 of 25 was money and, you know, didn't throw for 500 yards or anything like that. But this this was a game that Dak Prescott was in full and total, complete, absolute, undeniable control over. And Jalen Hurts, this is one game, one day, struggled mightily against the Indianapolis Colts. And that's been the case, struggled mightily against the Washington Commanders on Monday Night Football, struggled against the Houston Texans. We've kind of seen that. And if you can mitigate that, if you can partly take away that that advantage for Jalen Hurts he, you know that that carriage turns into a pumpkin a little bit here I mean that is a big part of his game and so if you're asking who the best quarterback is I don't know how you don't say Dak Prescott right now the Cowboys have the best quarterback in the division they have the best defensive player in the division they have maybe the best head coach in the division I think maybe for some of you I certainly think Mike McCarthy is the best head coach in the division and they have the easiest schedule of anyone in the division I know the Eagles schedule is easy but we'll get to that as well uh Paul thank you for the super chat says I loved his third down keeper when the defense all followed the halfback Dak is still the best in the division hashtag righteous felon jerky player of the game Pollard put the game 
away early. I like that. Shane says, RJ, and I saw Sirianni barking after the win. I thought of you when you said he was a fake tough guy, LOL. That's such a, 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 a unique thing to, to call someone a fake tough guy. I think Nick Sirianni, I think Nick Sirianni is is somebody who wants to be the Philly guy so badly, right? Like you see him and he's a good coach, right? Like I'm not going to sit here and say he sucks or anything, but he wants to be the Philly guy so bad. I mean, he wants to like embody, you know, what what Philadelphia is and, and the Philadelphia persona and, and just be super Philly guy. And what is super Philly guy? Being tough, being loud, being rowdy, being all these sorts of things. Also super Philly guy. To the Houston Astros in the World Series. So Nick Sirianni, if you uh, if you want to be tough, um, you know your Phillies couldn't get it done. So thank you, Nick Sirianni, for that. Uh, let's move on. Um, so we all agree that Dak Prescott, you know, kind of the best quarterback in the division right now, easily. Well done. Congratulations to him. Continuing with our stock up, a lot of love for Tony Pollard. Obviously, potential Righteous Felon Craft Jerky player of the game here on our post game show, which is presented to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. Use discount code BTB15 at RighteousFelden.com. Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott both carry the ball 15 times. This is not said to be a slight against one or the other. Zeke Elliott, 42 yards, 2.8 yards per carry. Did have the two touchdowns down near the goal line. A long run of eight yards. Meanwhile, same amount of carries, once again, 15. Tony Pollard, 80 yards on the ground, averaged 5.3 yards per carry. He did have six receptions for 109 yards, so not quite 200 and uh, over 200 yards uh, from scrimmage, 189, whatever, what a loser. 18.2 yards per reception and two touchdowns, of course. Um, he caught all six of his targets, and his long reception was the 68-yard touchdown, one yard shy of the coveted nice. So uh, well done. I mean, seriously, Paul, by the way, adds that Dak is playing like the best quarterback in the NFC East. Um, I mean, what a, what a great day. Um, I don't have this person on my stock up list, but I have not finished the article. So I'm willing to amend something. If you all want, uh, a lot of you have mentioned this, but I'm going to use Paul's comment. Damone Clark stock up. He allows Micah to do what he does best. So, uh, as we see, by the way, real Clark, uh, Ryan Clark just tweeted that Tony Pod is the Dallas Cowboys best offensive player. Uh, we agree, um, obviously, but Damone Clark was awesome. And, it is amazing. This is something I am very happy to have been wrong about. Um, I, I mean, I don't know that I think that I, I said he's amazing. What, what Timone Clark is doing relative to what we thought he was going to be able to do is amazing. And he did allow the Cowboys allowed Micah Parsons to rush the passer more today. That was our heavy criticism of them last week, playing him at linebacker so much, most since week 13 of last year. Um, it did not look good in this sense, in this capacity, in, in this way. Um, when it was reported this morning by NFL Network that Anthony Barr was going to miss the game, but Cowboys rested him. He got right. He's good to go. Maybe we'll see him play on Thanksgiving Day. Damone Clark helped the Cowboys out, and yeah, Micah Parsons was a beast because of that. So um, I'm not gonna. I, I, I'll think about it. But Damone Clark definitely an honorable mention. Well done, Renee. Uh, thank you for the super chat. Says best team game overall. Seriously, I mean, this was everybody had a hand in it. That's one. It's one of those like Madden games where you get, you know, you get your quarterback 300 yards passing, your running back 100 yards rushing, your receivers 100 yards receiving. J. Ron Curse, who did the skull, as mentioned, tweeted, when you get knocked down, how do you respond? Great team domination. That's how you respond. Cowboys win. I'm telling you, it just kind of felt like, I mean, it, it kind of felt like the Cowboys were hunting this. Like, not that they wanted it. Like, it, this wasn't a game. This wasn't a contest. This was a decision, right? Like the, the Cowboys made a decision. The Cowboys said, look, Vikings, like we're going to flip this coin and, and it's going to land one way and, and somebody's going to get the ball. But like this is over, right? Like 
you're not in like you're just here for show this this is a one-way thing we have decided that we are going to end you we are going to will smith batman neuralize you we are going to completely and totally take what you are like the savages that we are and they deserve all credit in the world for doing that i wish they would have had that mentality seemingly last week in green bay but hey they didn't it's okay it's a long season it's hard work you're gonna lose some games that's life in the nfl um alex storm says this wasn't just the best cowboys game this season this was the best cowboys game in years totally fine if you want to say that i mean this was the most this was the most dominant Dallas Cowboys win in the Mike McCarthy era. I'm, I'm willing to say that. This was the most dominant win in the Mike McCarthy era. By the way, we mentioned the Odo Beckham Jr. tweet a little while ago. Um, Micah Parsons quoted that tweet with three eye emojis. And remember, the emoji is two eyes. So it's six eyes. Uh, come on, then, is what Micah Parsons said. Uh, so the Cowboys are not backing down, and they have all the more reason in the world uh, to recruit Odo Beckham Jr. Although, again, think about this for a second, all right? And I'm going to bring this Houston Astros cap back because what I loved that the Astros did at the trade deadline was they identified some weaknesses. They weren't glaring weaknesses, and I'm not going to sit here and talk about the world champion Houston Astros, but the Astros identified weaknesses at first base and catcher. Um, designated hitter, left field, whatever you want to call Trey Mancini, not a lot of hits in the playoffs, whatever. Um, and what they did was they said, let's go get some dudes. Let's go get some guys that can help us out. And the players that they traded for, Trey Mancini and Christian Vasquez, were pivotal in their playoff run. They had important, clutch, critical moments. They weren't you know, cornerstone players of the team in the playoff run. But the Astros said, it's the trade deadline. We are close. We are a world championship caliber team, which they proved. And we need to go get somebody to help us out. And the Cowboys can do that. And, and I think a lot of people would sit here and look at what the Cowboys did say, well, Dak was 22 of 25, 276 yards passing. Pollard had 109 yards. CD had 45 yards. Noah Brown had 42 yards that, you know, contested catch at the end. Michael Gallup had 41 yards. I think a lot of people, uh, a lot of football people would sit here and say, we don't need Odell. Look, look at what Tony Pod's doing. You know what I say to that? Again, more. Pour it on. Be some savages. Be J. Ron Curse. Go out and take it all. Who cares if you have enough? You know what's enough? Nothing. Nothing is ever enough. You can always have more. You can always be better. You can always get somebody else to help. You have no idea what a season is going to have in store for you one week later. Remember, last year was the penultimate game of the regular season when Michael Gallup tore his ACL. You have no idea. The season, the Super Bowl, the one seed, the division, nothing is won before Thanksgiving. Nothing. And so we're all, we're all excited about this. You have a chance to add a player who can take your offense to another level an offense that just dismantled one of the best teams in the NFL. Do it. Pour it on. That's what we want to see from the Cowboys. Patrick, by the way, says, RJ, we really need more live NFC East mixtapes. I cannot wait for the NFC East mixtape this week. I think we might do a Christmas spectacular What with the Cowboys and Eagles playing on uh, on Christmas Eve this year. By the way, the Chargers had some sort of strobe light um, as they were introduced, so that's the light bouncing off of my face. It's not a party here in my office, but it is a party here in the chat because the Dallas Cowboys are 7-3. and three. They look every bit like one of the best teams in the NFL. They certainly look like one of the best teams in the NFC, obviously in the NFC East. Uh, Shane Davis, by the way, says, go all out, bring in OBJ. Why not? Absolutely. Again, do it. I, I can tell you, again, using the Astros as an example, Trey Mancini was a trade acquisition. Christian Vasquez was a trade acquisition. Did the Astros give up a lot? Some would argue yes. It was totally worth it. Again, 
just to, to, to dilute this for anyone who doesn't care or doesn't watch baseball, Trey Mancini's biggest accomplishment in the entire postseason run was one out that he recorded in game five in Philadelphia, of all places. That one out was critical. I would do the trade 100 out of 100 times for just that one out. He got an incredibly important out in that game that helped the Astros win and take the advantage back to Houston where we won the World Series. I would do it 100 times out of 100 times for that. So if Odo Beckham Jr. comes in and like, well, what, RJ, what if he only has like three catches for 33 yards? Who cares? You had him there. You had him available to make the one catch that you needed. And that's what we want to see. Paul, thank you for the super chat, says the defense is still top three, best IMO in the league. But Prescott has brought this offense alive. Hashtag best QB in the NFC right now. Question RJ, who helps us? Um, I don't know what you mean specifically by who helps us, uh, Paul. I would love to answer the question, especially because it was a super chat. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Here we go. Which teams help us? I mean, okay, we have some more stocks to get to, um, but this is something I want to know, just kind of on the subject of Paul's question. The Cowboys, this, this was a huge win. All right, This was a massive win for the Cowboys because by beating the Minnesota Vikings, they have a clear path towards the number one seed in the NFC. All right. And this involves passing the Eagles and the Cowboys do need some help to do that. So I know that if you say it's a clear path and then you say you need some help, it's actually not the most clear path, but it is clear. It is very clear in my mind based on 538's model. All right. After today's win, the Dallas Cowboys, this was before the game. They were 18% favorites to win, 18% likely, I should say, to win the NFC East and to be the one seed. They were only 9%. So before this game, and we're getting to this, all right, before this game, Dallas had an 18% likelihood of winning the division and a 9% likelihood of being the one seed in the NFC. After this win, they have jumped to a 28% chance of winning the NFC East and to the one seed, a 19% chance. Now, to be clear, Philadelphia's likelihood of being the one seed in the NFC also improved with the Vikings loss because the Vikings are obviously or were tied with them before today. And so now the Vikings are a game and a half back of the Eagles because the Eagles own the tiebreaker over the Vikings by having beaten them in week two. But you know who else holds the tiebreaker over the Vikings as of now? Us, the Dallas Cowboys. If the Cowboys get to a place where they are tied with the Minnesota Vikings for the best record in the NFC at regular season's end, they get the one seed. Of course, we're not counting on the Bucks or the, you know, I don't know, the Niners, uh, you know, passing the Cowboys or Vikings when it comes to NFC division winners. Um, so if it came down to Dallas and Minnesota, the one seed would be Dallas's. And what does Dallas have to do that? They have to pass the Eagles. That's what the Cowboys have to do. So this is the Eagles remaining schedule. And keep in mind, these Eagles struggled with the Indianapolis Colts on Sunday afternoon. They lost to the Washington Commanders on Monday night. They struggled against the Houston Texans. So let's take a look at this. This Green Bay game is at home for them. Obviously, you can tell which ones are home and road. Uh, they play the Packers next Sunday night. So you're going to have Thanksgiving. Hopefully, the Cowboys get to 8-3. and three. You're going to buy a new brand, brand new big screen TV. Do, do they still call them big screen TVs? I feel like that term is not a thing anymore. You're going to buy a, pl a plasma is kind of outdated too. You're going to buy something awesome on Black Friday after the Cowboys are hopefully 8-3. and three. You're going to enjoy all the rivalry games on Saturday. And then on Sunday, we're going to enjoy all of the red zone action. All of our fantasy teams are going to do very well. And on Sunday night, an exact week from this moment, we are going to sit down and watch the Green Bay Packers play the Philadelphia Eagles. If the Packers win that game, and this is true. Actually, let me, let me rephrase this. If the Eagles lose one game, one of these games that is not the Cowboys game, all right, then Dallas is the team most likely to win the NFC East. That's it. That's all we need. Assuming the, the Cowboys have to beat the Eagles. That's that's a given here, right? Like we're, we're all operating under that assumption. The Cowboys have to beat the Eagles on Christmas Eve. And I think we all like our chances, right? Based on, you know, recent events. 
But if the Eagles lose any other game, Sunday, next Sunday against the Packers, that game against the Tennessee Titans, and then they have three games on the road against the New York Giants, against the Chicago Bears, obviously in Dallas on Christmas Eve, against the New Orleans Saints, against the New York Giants. If they lose another game, then it's Dallas's division to lose. If Philly loses one more game that isn't the Cowboys game, then the Cowboys control their own destiny with regards to the NFC East. And given the fact that the Cowboys control their own destiny with regards to the NFC East, if the Vikings lose another game, they still got to play the Patriots next Thursday. Obviously, short week, obviously, for them, too. They got to play the Jets. They have a, a couple of tough games. They got to play the Packers and the Bears themselves. If the Vikings drop one game, then it's Dallas's conference. Dallas gets the one seed. Uh, Paul, thank you for noting that the Vikings do have to lose another game. So in order for the Cowboys to be the one seed, they have to get a loss from the Eagles. They have to beat the Eagles themselves, and they have to get a loss from the Vikings. Now, if the Cowboys lose, just add to that math, right? Like right now we're saying Cowboys have to beat the Eagles. Eagles have to lose the game and the Vikings have to lose the game. But if the Cowboys lose one more, add one more to the Eagles, add one more to the Vikings. That's the way this all works. And yeah, you can argue that that's a little bit improbable, but look at the Vikings today. Look at the Eagles today. Look at the Cowboys today. Right now, I'll ask this question point blank and then we'll get back to our stock report. Right now, who is the best team between the Dallas Cowboys, the Philadelphia Eagles, in the Minnesota Vikings. Right now, who do you believe in your heart of hearts? I know you're a Cowboys fan, all right? But I also know that you're an objective person. I also know you're a person of reason, all right? Who do you believe today is the best of those three teams? Who is the best? El numero uno, number one in your programs, number one in your hearts, number one on the field, number one all over the place. Who do you believe is the best team of the Cowboys, the Vikings, and the Eagles. I think it would be very difficult to say the Vikings today, obviously, <laughs> so I don't know uh, which one of you uh, are going to say that. Um, let's see here. Uh, Joey says Philly. Joey has a Vikings um, logo on um, his YouTube channel, so that's a little bit confusing. Zach says Du Bois. Michael says Dallas. Juanita says Dallas Cowboys, an exclamation point. Um, Donnie says, I want to say Dallas because Dak owns the Eagles and the Vikings. Tango Ambre says Eagles. Hope you get some food. Uh, Brian says Eagles. Scotty says Dallas. Uh, Patrick says Eagles beat both the Vikings and the Cowboys. This is true. And no, I don't think there's a Cowboys fan out there who's like running from the fact that the Eagles beat our team. However, I think we all believe that that was not who, that that team was not who this team is. And it's not like a matter of, oh, they're, they're just different. They've changed, right? They literally are different. They did not have Dak Prescott. We just sat here, all of us right now, and effectively agreed. We came to a consensus that Dak Prescott is the best quarterback in the division, which includes Jalen Hurts. And so how you can say, and I know that isn't your point, Patrick. Oh, man, well, the Eagles beat this team. They did not. They, they did not beat this team. The Cowboys are completely and totally not that group so yes it counts it counts in tiebreakers right now philly has the edge over dallas in a mathematical sense but man i would be worried if i were the eagles about this cowboys team um let's see here uh paul says the eagles are playing well but it feels like they are fading dallas for sure is the best i agree with you i agree all right let's move on uh watsamata says seriously patrick they did not beat the Dak cowboys again that's kind of all of our point um well done well done well done all right let's get back to our stock report we mentioned Michael, we mentioned Dak, we mentioned Tony Paul, we mentioned Trayvon Diggs. How about Demarcus Lawrence? I mean, Demarcus Lawrence had a sack, but just a really great game, like a, a really sound game. Demarcus Lawrence is somebody who, who says some things and talks a bit of, of, at times, but Demarcus Lawrence really, I thought, showed up. I mean, I, I don't know who didn't show up, to be very clear, but Demarcus Lawrence was great. 
Um, if somebody feels strongly, this might be the person I'm willing to put Jabone Clark in over. But I thought Demarcus Lawrence played really well. Kind of a great, you know, moment for the team in general. Uh, so good for him. Shout out to Demarcus Lawrence. Stock up for me, C.D. Lamb. All right. It was a tough game last week for C.D. Lamb. All right. It was, um, it was a tough situation for C.D. Um, with the interception being on him. By the way, I like this question from Shane Davis. It says, is this D-Law's best year so far? Absolutely. I mean, it is absolutely his best season as a Cowboy. I don't know how you can, you know, convince yourself otherwise. He's had some dominant performances, but this is a dominant season um, as a whole. Uh, Watson Mata says, what about Dante Fowler, Dorrance Armstrong? Didn't make my list. Like, this was a tough week to come up with 10 people and only 10 people. I mean, honorable mention, certainly. I mean, again, if, if it was a, a, a stock report of 53 players, we'd have a, a long way to go. But, you know, it's a 10 guys. CeeDee Lamb, I thought, was awesome. CeeDee Lamb, I thought, responded very well. Uh, we had some some questions last week, even though he had the big stat line. Caleb says CD has week after week looked more and more like a wide receiver one. I feel like he's slowly filling that role. I think that's a bit of an optimistic flair um, because there, you know, I, he didn't have any of these like, you know, whoopsie moments today, but he had that incredible again. I don't know how it was reviewed the way it was catch. I mean, he was just he was a monster. He has, I think really kind of um, as Isaac Pacheco pulls off a big run for the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football. Um, I think CD is finding his own. Um, we, and this was kind of a game void of mistakes. And I, I don't mean to reward that and, and, and act like the bar is low, but CD, CD is kind of establishing himself, although we do certainly want Odell Beckham Jr. on this team. Anthony Gonzalez, thank you for the super chat. Says, just logged on, great win. Tell Micah's teammates to not crawl all over him to pad their stat line. Odale, all right. Got a sip of water. We got to keep moving. Got to keep grooving. There's a lot to get to. We still have your questions. Juanita, by the way, says, we came from behind with a backup quarterback and nearly beat the Eagles. I thought it was a joke when I heard the commanders beat the Eagles. So, yes, we can take them. I like your attitude. Mark says, um, see the huge catch right on the field goal marker for Maher. Remember, we will award our righteous felon craft jerky player of the game. It's kind of down to Tony Pollard and Brett Maher in y'all's eyes. Um, next one for me, I have two stock ups left. Zeke Elliott. I know that there wasn't a, a huge like moment and he did have the two touchdowns. And so I'm not trying to make a mountain out of a molehill here. Uh, I know that's an expression that's more associated with negative things. Um, I think I thought this was an impressive day from Zeke um, some, some like impressive, hard running um, and, and having after having missed some time, um, you know, it's not easy to come back and do that. So I, I think Zeke deserves his flowers. Maybe maybe this is the person to take out in, in favor of Damone Clark or Dorrance Armstrong or Dante Fowler. Dante Fowler, by the way, lost out, lost contain on Dalvin on Dalvin Cook earlier. Um, so, it may, you know, maybe if, if we're being picky, I mean, you can kind of do things one way or another, whatever. Um, but this was a really um impressive i don't even want to say bounce back game because he didn't like bounce the other direction it's just kind of an impressive return for zeke elliott um him and tony pard kellen moore i don't have kellen on my list uh, but he has really found the right balance between the two of them um obviously we all want to see i think most of us want to see tony pard utilize more but zeke has his place and th that's the thing this conversation has never been about Tony's great. Zeke is trash. That has never been anybody's argument. The argument has always been that there is room for both. And it feels like the Cowboys have finally understood that and are finally embracing that. Um, so good for them. Watson Mata says, I'm good with Zeke. He is boss in the tough yards. Agreed. Mark says Zeke looked fresh, looked like he got some burst back. I agree. Um, Loco says that touchdown uh, showed you needed a big running back. Even Romo said size matters. Uh, Baba Yaga says uh, Zeke's not bad, just overpaid. Again, 
JB74 says, today proved why you need both him and Pollard. Again, I think that's a very fair point. Astro Joe says Zeke was consistent and did his job as necessary for the plays called. Um, and Donnie adds that Pollard got denied twice near the goal line. Zeke boss in the end zone. That's what you don't always get with Pollard. I do think, and I know this wasn't Donnie's point, um, I do think there is a misconception that Pollard is not a physical runner. He's an incredibly physical runner, but to everyone's point, you're down near the goal line. You need one yard, you know, or the world ends. I mean, I, I certainly trust Zeke more than I trust more people um, on this earth. So, uh, so well done uh, from Zeke Kelly in that capacity. Now my final stock up. And once again, I write about this every week at bloggingtheboys.com. I also do a cool little Instagram post. If you want to go follow me on Instagram and see all the pictures of my dog, um, by the way, Brian says Kellen would deserve a stock up over Zeke. Great game called this week for a change. I agree. And I think I'm going to kind of cheat with my final stock up and then we'll get to your questions. Um, Mike McCarthy, Mike McCarthy. And I got to say, I was so proud of how I did not see a lot of Mike McCarthy's got to go talk last week, right? The Cowboys lost and it was embarrassing and it was frustrating and it was embarrassing that Mike McCarthy threw his headset in overtime, although we all understand that it was an incredibly emotional game for him. He really wanted it. Obviously, nobody on earth can understand what Mike McCarthy was experiencing last week in uh, in Green Bay. Um, and I don't mean this as a shot at Jason Garrett. That's what this kind of turns into. Um but man, they were not like this. They, they, they were not like this. This this Cowboys group, this Cowboys team, they were not like this before he arrived. He is somebody, he is a head coach. And I, I again, I'm giving the stock up to Mike McCarthy, but I'm fine if you want to break it in pieces uh, and give some uh, to Dan Quinn, to Kellen Moore, John Fossil. I mean, everybody really deserves. This was just an incredibly well-done game by the entire coaching staff, medical staff, training staff, players. Um, but I think McCarthy deserves his flowers because they went in and kicked ass i mean they went in and just obliterated an opponent and again they, they acted like some straight savages i mean they said what do you have we want it right like we don't care like we we're coming in we're taking it all we're leaving nothing behind you're you're an eight and one team cool we need this we need the tiebreaker we want this we need this because if it comes down to you and us vikings and it's a tiebreaker we want that we're gonna have that it's not a, a discussion it's not a debate it's not a contest it's not a competition it is a decision it is a decision that we have made to end you and they lacked that they really have lacked that for a long time i mean they have really stabilized under Mike McCarthy and people live in these extremes where they say, well, you know, he lost against the Packers and they lost, they, yeah, they're going to lose games. It's the NFL, dude. I mean, they're going to lose games. It's, it's a hard league. There are good players on every team. There are good coaches on every team. And if my people talk so much about Mike McCarthy and his clock management, his end of half management, I invite you to rewind your mental clock back to the end of the first half. After the Cowboys had scored their touchdown and it was 20 to 3, and we were sitting here, la di da, life is great. This team's about to be up 20 to 3. Let's party. Let's get everything ready. Let's, you know, take the Turk, put the turkey in the outside fridge, get it ready, get it all set up because we're going to be baking that bad boy on Wednesday night. But no, 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 no. What did Kevin O'Connell try to do? Kevin O'Connell, who is, is definitely a great coach, what did Kevin O'Connell do? Uh, 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 timeout. Uh, I'll call my timeouts. And, you know, I'm just going to magically all of a sudden pull off a scoring drive because I have had no success doing that here in the first half. Kevin O'Connell 
deliberately stopped the clock by way of timeouts and by way of calling passing plays. He is the Vikings play caller and allowed the Cowboys to have the ball with time remaining. A Cowboys team who at that point in time had literally scored on every single one of their possessions. And Kevin O'Connell invited them in. Kevin O'Connell said, you're acting like some savages? Dude, there's meat in the fridge. It's there. We're going to bake this turkey on Thanksgiving Eve. Go get it yourself and take it home. You can have two turkeys this year. Kevin O'Connell handed the Cowboys points at the end of the first half. And the reason I went through that whole entire long spiel is it is that way that people act that Mike McCarthy is. People think that Mike McCarthy is literally giving away points. Kevin O'Connell, who was the head coach of a team tied for the best record in the NFL this morning, Kevin O'Connell served up three points to the Cowboys on a silver platter. If Mike McCarthy had done that, there would be people calling for his job, people talking about Sean Payton, on and on and on and on. But Mike McCarthy has brought a stabilizing force, a stabilizing presence, and quite frank, an attitude of savagery to this team that I think we're all enjoying watching on a week-to-week basis. And you know what? This is a team who smells blood in the water with this New York Giants team. Hey, Giants, uh, if we beat you, we have the tiebreaker. Hey, Giants, uh, if we beat you, we get ourselves closer to Odo Beckham Jr. So yeah, this isn't a contest. This isn't a debate. This isn't a competition. This isn't a question. This is a decision. New York Giants, come to our house on Thursday afternoon. Wear your uniforms because we're going to look awesome in our throwbacks and we're just going to destroy you and get to eight and three on the season. Now, Joey offers that Kevin O'Connell is eight and two as a rookie head coach. Again, I said at the beginning of all that, I think he's a great coach, but that was an awful end of first half level of management that we saw from him. Um, So good job, Mike McCarthy. Good job, all of your staff. Um, Super proud of you. All right. Those are all of my stock ups. We have a little bit of time left. So let's go ahead and get to your questions. I will answer anything you want. I will talk about anything you want. But before we get there, I do think it's time to hand out our righteous felon craft jerky player of the game. Man, Tony Pod came so close, but it is Brett Maher. How about a round of applause for Brett Money Maher? All right. Brett Maher was on fire today. I mean, absolute, you know, the gif of the dude who walks on fire. That was Brett Maher, literally a man on fire. I have no idea how Brett Maher did this. And he made a 60 yard field goal that he did get no credit for. He made a 27 yard field goal. He made a 53 yard field goal. He made the 60 yard field goal at the end of the first half. He also made a 50 yard field goal in the fourth quarter. This man covered sea to shining sea with all of his field goal yardage today against the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, So, I mean, seriously, I think we have a bot here. I'm I'm working on identifying the bot. Oh, I see it here. Uh, Let's get this bot out of here. Bot, you ruined my Brett Maher rant. I can't believe you. Man, what an awesome performance. And again, give me all the crow. I'll eat every bite of it. It made no sense to bring Brett Maher back, but sometimes the best things that happen had no sense to happen in life. So um, shout out to um, to Brett Maher. Um, Shane Davis says, I've never seen a player make such a turnaround like Maher. I agree. I agree. Well done, Brett Maher. Well done. Um, let's see here. Uh, there, it was reported, by the way, that um, Odo Beckham Jr. is set to visit the Cowboys um, after Thanksgiving. ESPN's Todd Archer just tweeted that Jerry Jones said Odo Beckham will visit the Cowboys after the Thanksgiving game, but did not have a specific date. Odell, come on over, baby. We got leftovers. We got turkey. You can eat it on a sandwich. You can make a plate. We got stuffing. We got sweet potato pie. We got pecan pie. We got rolls. We got mashed potatoes. We got uh, green beans. What am I missing? We got it all. So come on over, Odell. Let's have a great time. All right, your questions. Let's do this. Let's party. What else do we want to talk about here? It can be about today's game. It can be about the long term. The Los Angeles Chargers just scored. They took the lead six to three, extra point pending. Uh, so um, yeah, Brian, by the way, thank you for the super chat. Says Mike McCarthy throwing his headset wasn't embarrassing. We were all feeling that. At least he isn't standing there smiling and clapping on a failed pe- a play. 
I'm with you. I certainly felt that way, but I, the clapping never bothered me. The clapping was always something I thought was a silly trope, but you know, that's fine. I thought it was a little embarrassing, but whatever, you know, look, Cowboys bounce back. They can do whatever they want. Paul, think of the super chances. I drafted Maher Pollard and the Dallas D in fantasy. Well done. Well done. Um, let's see here. One of you mentioned this year, um, uh, Astro Joe says, will you have a cheesecake on, fa- to, on standby to eat on the air when OBJ is signed? I did tweet. That if the Cowboys um, sign Odell Beckham Jr., I will eat a cheesecake live on a blog of the boys roundtable. Whole cheesecake, full cheesecake. I'll do the whole thing. The roundtables are an hour long, so I will have an hour to do it. Um, I will do it on the following roundtable. So if he were to sign, say, Friday, then on Tuesday, not this coming Tuesday, the following Tuesday after Thanksgiving, I will eat an entire cheesecake. Yes, I will be ready. Uh, let's see. Uh, Carlos, USA versus Wales. Who you got? USA. Right here, baby. We're coming for it. Uh, it's coming home, but like our home, not the way it was said um, during the Euros. It's coming home. Watson Mata, think of the Super Chat, says Maher raining down kicks upon his opponent like an MMA fighter. MMA is not my cup of tea, but that's a nice reference. I like that. Caleb says, do you foresee Michael Gallup ever being a deep threat again? Well, this is a good question. Um, some people say, I'm not a doctor, but some people say it takes a full year to come back from a torn ACL. So um, I think we have to avoid making long-term, um, like, ironclad decisions about Michael Gallup in our mind until we've seen him at least beyond a year out, if that makes sense, of his surgery, right? It's, it has not been a year since he even had surgery, since he even tore his ACL. Um, and so I'm willing to give him a little bit of, of you know, slack there. Um, and, and we always knew this would be the case. The Cowboys knew it would be the case when they signed him. He was hurt, obviously, when they signed him. So you kind of have to you kind of have to live with that. Um, you know, it's um, it's just it's a game of patience. But anyway, let's move on. Um, Christopher Lopez says, I would rather have Dallas not win the East, but be the underdog. Um, I think that's cool, um, but I will totally 100% of the time take the East and the one seed. Uh, Spencer says, how about them Cowboys? DC4L, appreciate you, RJ. I appreciate you, uh, Spencer. Tengo Ambre says, do you think Dan Quinn will stay with the boys after this season? I mean, um, I think a lot of that depends, right? Like, I, I think it depends, like, how many, how many, you know, spots are we looking to fill? Like, do the Broncos fire Nathaniel Hackett? We have a, we have two openings, right? The Panthers and the Colts. What else is open this year? Like, like how many posts are vacated, right? And how long is Dallas playing football? That has a lot to do with it, right? Some teams are really anxious um, to, to get their guy. And, and you know, the Colts, I, I would imagine, are feeling somewhat good about Jeff Saturday. Uh, there was a report, I think, from the Charlotte Observer on Saturday night, Sunday morning, that the Panthers are considering sticking it out with Steve Wilkes. So if that's the case, if those two teams like the guy they have, uh, right now there's not an opening. And so it, it's a combination of, you know, how many jobs available, um, and how deep, how long is Dallas playing? Because sometimes teams don't want to wait. Sometimes teams are desperate. So they want to get somebody in, you know, as soon as the regular season is over. And if Dallas is playing, you know, into the playoffs into January, um, you know, doesn't work out. Astro Joe says, are you catching up on Yellowstone? My wife and I uh, have not started this season. We have episode one recorded. I guess episode two might be on like right now, like this moment. Um, so definitely a part of the plan. Uh, it's a little bit difficult, obviously, with Thanksgiving now. We got a lot of shows we're watching. My wife actually has never seen the Star Wars movies. So on Saturday night, last night, uh, we watched one together, and she wanted to go in chronological order. I know that's a point of debate for people, so we watched episode one. It wasn't as bad as I remembered. Um, maybe it's just been a long time, but, but it was an enjoyable experience. Uh, Surf Cape Cod says, RJ, what effect will OBJ have on CD Psyche? I don't think any. I, I, I understand the question, but I think that this narrative – um, is a little bit overblown. I don't think anybody cares. I, and something I, I mentioned, um, I do Instagram lives and TikToks a lot. Um, you know, did a TikTok with Cowboys Beat. Um, that's the handle um, yesterday on Saturday. 
I think it's important to note, I mean, CeeDee Lamb was in high school when Odell Beckham Jr. emerged in the NFL, right? Like CeeDee Lamb was at a really um, impressionable age. CeeDee Lamb was becoming CeeDee Lamb as far as, you know, football legitimacy while Odell was dominating. I think it's like, you know, it, we see this a lot, right? Like Jalen Tolbert's drafted. It's like, you know, we, we, he's talking, man, I'm in, a, I'm in the same locker as Dak Prescott and Zeke Gallagher. Like I, Odell's a bigger than life dude to a lot of these people. So I think for for CD, for Michael Gallup, for everyone, it's a matter of like, man, Odell freaking Beckham is is in this is on this team now. That's a freaking awesome thing. Astro Joe, I like this question a lot. It says franchise tag for Pollard. Um, man, um, maybe. I know this question came up earlier in the chat. Um, I think the Giants have to tag Saquon Barkley. And I don't know if you're the Cowboys, how you don't tag Pollard, right? You probably let Zeke walk or, or move on from Zeke. Um, and I think you do it. I think that's the move. I mean, it's it's it makes a lot of sense because I, I, I think we're all against giving any running back a long-term contract, but if you can give Tony Pollard the franchise tag and make it work, man, I don't know. I don't see how you can't do it right now or how you don't do it. He is incredible. Uh, let's see here. Um, Paul says, if we end up being a wildcard team, who would you want to face in the playoffs? What if we end up with the two seed? Number one, will Jerry Jones give him head coach money to stay as defensive coordinator? Uh, Dan Quinn's salary is a little bit unknown, so you know I have no doubt Jerry will make uh, whatever happened that needs to happen from a monetary standpoint right now, if the playoffs started today, um, you know, and that's a, a, an overblown kind of thing. Uh, but if the playoffs started today, the Cowboys with today's win did surpass the New York Giants. And so they currently sit ahead of the Giants as far as the wild card race is concerned. Right now, today, the Dallas Cowboys are the top wild card team. So if the playoffs began today, the Cowboys would travel to face the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, the Bucs were on by this week. So were the Seahawks, who are the three seed right now. Um, and, and they both played in Munich last week, obviously. Um, I'd probably rather face the Seahawks. Uh, you know, the Bucs have looked really bad at times this year. But it, I think we're all kind of a little bit scared they might be getting hot right now. So I definitely don't – I would prefer to play the Seahawks as opposed to the Bucs. So um, that's, uh, you know, how, how I feel. Uh, Jonathan, by the way, says watching Star Wars chronologically is the way. Appreciate that. A lot of you have some thoughts on the Chris uh, offered the uh, machete order. I know a lot of people feel that way. Uh, Chris, um, very kind of you um, to offer that. You have a Phillies logo. I'm sorry, but I'm obligated to remind you that the Houston Astros won the World Series. It's just my duty as a sports fan. But again, thank you for the kind words um, as far as um, as far as the order uh, to watch Star Wars is concerned. Um, let's see here. Um, thank you for the super chat. King David says, do we need Odell more than a run stopper? There's not a run stopper that you can get right now that is like going to make that difference, right? I, I think there is like Odell's available. Oh, you add Odell, and this right now this offense is ascending. This this offense is is on the on the rise, riding on up. And you add Odell Beckham Jr. and you 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 give yourself more. You give yourself insurance. That's what we talked about. I like you know you can't sign a run stopper. By the way, the Cowboys I thought defended the run fairly well, you know, against the Vikings. Um, but but Odell isn't about like taking you from from X to like well beyond X. It's about giving you another option. You have to have that. Uh, that that sort of option just isn't available as far as interior defensive linemen are concerned right now. Mark says, "Do you think Malik Davis can take on a bigger load if we let Zeke walk and roll with Pollard?" Malik has looked pretty good. Absolutely, uh, Malik Davis um, looks awesome. I mean, it's been really cool to see him um, uh, involved. Carlos, interesting question says, "RJ, what's the best Star Wars movie in your opinion, and are you watching Andor?" We haven't watched Endor yet uh, because now we're going to wait till it makes chronological sense. So it's going to be a little bit. Um, the best Star Wars movie, um, I mean, A New Hope is like, I mean, it's it's, it's nostalgic. I have, you know, if you want to go Empire Strikes Back, I'm cool with that too. Um, if you want New Age, um, 
episode seven was awesome. Like the again, the emotion of like it's back. It was really cool. I think we all remember where we were. We saw the trailer. So episode seven would be my answer. Uh, Brian says scoring a lot of points helps stop the run pretty well too. This is such a great point, and I thought about this during the game. You want to stop the run? To Brian's point, just put up a mountain of points. Like you know, take away the run, right? Force them to pass. I, I think that's that's what the Cowboys did really well on Sunday against the Vikings. Um, and so. Yeah, good for them. Uh, let's see here. Uh, D-Day 2 says Cowboys are averaging 39 points a game over the last three games. That's true. That's true. I mean, uh, Mr. Stewart, by the way, says everything with Ray sucked. I know, but it was still really cool to, like, have it back. So I'm, there is some, like, nostalgia involved. But anyway, um, the Lions game was was not great, right? And we're, we're kind of looking at the Dak returns. Um yeah, the Lions game was whatever. I think we all acknowledged that there was a little bit of like rust being knocked off by Dak Prescott in that game. Um, the Bears' performance was incredible all the way around, and that has aged a little, you know, little nicely with the way the Bears have played since then. It was frustrating to lose to the Packers, and I don't mean to like, you know, withdraw a, a moral win from that, but they were up by 14 points, right? Like that—that's something that we talked about a lot all week here was. You know, this Vikings team was down 17 points to the Buffalo Bills. They overcame that. Kudos to them. Well done. But they were still down, right? They were down the week before against Washington. They they came back and won that game. The Cowboys, similarly, other end of the spectrum, were up by 14 points against the Green Bay Packers. And so, you know, you you can't win every game. Like, you, you can't. It's just impossible. And sometimes weird things happen. Um, and I think that that happened to the Cowboys last week. But, yeah, I mean, the last three games, the you know, and the bye is sandwiched in there. Um this Cowboys offense has looked legit and that's a really exciting thing right now in, in an NFL where, you know, I've got Sunday night football on behind this. I mean, the chiefs are certainly a, an offense you can trust. Even the bills look, look a little bit questionable. They obviously lost last week, but the bills today against Cleveland in Detroit. Now, granted there were some extenuating circumstances there, but the bills haven't looked like the, you know, I, I would say this, you know, we talked about the Eagles, like have they peaked early? I think the chiefs are the one team that I will say that I'm willing to say is immune to peaking, right? Like I think I think we're all there, right? Like the, the Chiefs have no peak. The Chiefs are just always on fire, right? That's that's just Patrick Mahomes, right? But there are a lot of other really good teams, right? Like Minnesota's a really good team, Buffalo's a really good team, Philly's a really good team. We've seen Cincinnati show signs of being a good team. We've seen the Chargers, the Ravens struggled today. The Ravens have been a really good team. Um, the 49ers have been a good team at different times, right? Like we, we've seen all these other teams have these flashes. But if we're talking about, you know, it felt like for a while. You know, and again, the Chiefs are in their own special box, but it felt like the Bills, the Eagles, and the Vikings were in this one box. And it feels like right now they are very far away from the best versions of themselves that we have seen. Does that make sense? Like, you know, the, the, the Eagles of October were incredible, right? Like the Bills of October were amazing. The Vikings, you know, have, have had a, a bit of a fraud vibe for a lot of people. I believe in them, as mentioned, um, for a while. But the, the, I guess the Eagles and Bills specifically are are a ways away from from the dominant versions of themselves that we saw. Can they get back to those places? Probably not. Maybe it's possible. I, I think we trust that the Bills are more capable of doing that than the Eagles. But that's you know that's what happens. It's a long season. Meanwhile, the Cowboys, you know, it was so low for them offensively. You know, in October when they had that streak going, it was so low for them. But Dak Prescott has come back and breathed life into the offense. That's a really exciting thing. Um, Johnny boy says, are we looking at health or scheme to shoring up the run defense? I think it's a matter of both. 
Um, and I, I mean, I don't think they're doing anything wrong. It's just, they're getting beat, right? Like, like it's so, you know, they're just getting beat. And I think you, it's difficult when you don't have Micah Parsons on the edge to, to set the run that way. Um, and so, um, that's tough. Loco, by the way, great question, uh, says, so whatever happened to this James Washington thing, I don't know the answer. That's a very good question. Rex Morgan says, yo, we have three straight home games. Let's take a look as we get ready to close here, uh, at the Cowboys remaining schedule. Rex is correct. The Cowboys have three straight home games. Three straight home games. The next time the Cowboys travel will be the middle of December. Think about that. The next time they, well, not quite the middle, but like almost the middle. It'll be like the 9th or 10th, whatever that is. Um, it will be basically mid-December, the next time they travel. They play the New York Giants at home, Thanksgiving Day. They play the Indianapolis Colts at home. That Colts game is on Sunday night football, by the way. So if you think your friends or family or whoever are sick of talking about the Cowboys right now, they're about to get a whole heap and double scoop in the Cowboys. Cowboys are just playing in this big game that CBS did leave, uh, granted, on the East Coast. Uh, they're playing on Thanksgiving Day. Then they'll play on Sunday night football. So the Cowboys get the Giants, the Colts, the Texans all at home. Then they have the, the one place they have to travel to is the, the mighty Duval County. They are the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, and then they come home for the Philadelphia Eagles. That's their last home game, by the way. That's a, a Christmas Eve. That's a Saturday game. Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve fall on Saturdays this year. Um, so, man, it's it's very difficult. That's the thing here. We talked about – I wrote about this. We did a video about it. I did TikToks and Instagrams, everything about this. Beginning today, the Cowboys were, were starting their most important five-day stretch of the season because of who the Vikings and Giants are within the division and within the playoff landscape in the NFC. If the Cowboys can get to Thursday night with, an, with one more win, with a win over the Giants, and they're 8-3, and three, everything they want to accomplish is in front of them. Every single thing. And not only is every single thing in front of them, four of their final six games are against the AFC South. I think if I asked you, we've done this on different shows, if I asked you to pick or name the worst division in the NFL, I think you would probably say the AFC South. I don't know what comes close right now. And so four of the final six games of the season for the Cowboys are against that bad division. That's it. I mean, so you, if you get through Sunday or Thursday night against the Giants, you can do it. And, and just for comparison, let's look at this. So this coming week, we're now on to week 12. The Cowboys have the Giants and the Pack, excuse me, the Eagles have the Packers. But the final six games for Dallas, and it starts uh, right here. Final six games, Indy, Houston, Jacksonville, Philly, at Tennessee, Washington. Meanwhile, the Eagles, after the Packers, they get those Titans too, but they have the Giants, the Bears, the Cowboys, all three of those games. We talk about the Cowboys getting three home games. Eagles are about to have three road games in a couple of weeks in a row, and the Saints and the Giants. It is difficult to see the Eagles winning all of those games, and that's why Cowboys have an opportunity. All they had to do was get this game and then get Thursday's game against the New York Giants. All right, let's, uh, let's set the table for this week. It's a hectic week. It's a it's a smushed week because we got to finish up this game and we got to get ready for the Giants game. So if you are curious, uh, our schedule, our programming, nothing is changing. We're going to have just the same shows, same articles, same videos. So make sure you check out blogoftheboys.com. The Blog of the Boys podcast network will have daily episodes for you, daily, you know, kind of head starts to your day. Dallas Cowboy Daily that Jess Navarro's host and two shows every day. All right, where the week will change is Thursday morning, you're going to get a new episode of Riled Up with Roy White and Tom Ryle to preview the game, get you ready for the game. And Thursday after the game, you will be here with me. All right. I don't know where you're going to be on Thursday. If you're going to family, you're having family over, whatever the case is. All right. Whatever's going on. I hope you have a wonderful, happy, blessed Thanksgiving. But we will be here. 
after the Cowboys hopefully beat the New York Giants. We will be here for a live show. If you cannot watch us live, consider watching us later on the Blog on the Boys YouTube channel. Please subscribe down here. Those things, the we ask all the time because they help. I'm going to be straight up honest with you. It helps when you subscribe. It helps when you like the video. If you cannot watch, you can always listen. This exact same show we podcast for you on the Blog on the Boys podcast network. All of this totally 100% free. We love our super chatters. Thank you so much. You're under no obligation to do that. Totally free. Subscribe, leave a rating, write a review. Those things help us out so you can listen to us, be with us, hang out with us live on Thursday night, or obviously catch the rewatch or listen at your own convenience. That is what the schedule will be this week. And then Friday, do your own thing. Enjoy life because, hey, it's the holidays and stuff. So um, I want to say, in case I don't see you, that I really hope you have just a wonderful Thanksgiving. This is a fun week. And, um, you know, we, uh, we, we get to experience it this way as Cowboys fans, you know, there's all sorts of, of different NFL fan bases that get to like, you know, parachute in every once in a while and, and have the Thanksgiving game right this year, you know, uh, Giants fans, Giants fans are like, Oh wow, we're playing on Thanksgiving. This is so different. Like what, what time do we put the Turkey in? Like, dude, welcome. We know how to do this. All right. We do this every single year. Um, and so it is, it's, it's, it's something that's kind of a part of our, of our holiday, right? If you're a Cowboys fan, it is a part of your Thanksgiving. Um, and as Brian notes, I, I do you know, want to say Thanksgiving is my son's first birthday. Uh, my wife and I are so excited. We love him so much. I cannot believe a year has flown by. And if you have been watching or following along, I actually did last year's Thanksgiving show in our car from the parking lot of the hospital. Um, and so uh, life has come so far since then. Uh, like I said, I cannot believe it's been a year. That game sucked. Um, so hopefully this one is a, a great, big, awesome win for him. He's got a little CD Lamb jersey that he'll be wearing, and he'll get in his cake. And it's going to be a lot of fun. It's just it's a great week. It's it's a great, wonderful week. It's a, it's an incredible week. Um, you know, if, if you've grown up with the Cowboys as a part of your tradition, um, and I'm so happy that, that this week is here and that we all get to kind of share it together. So I'm I'm thankful for all of you uh, for, for the Cowboys. I'm thankful for the Cowboys for, for being the team that we love and, and, and for uniting us. I mean, we all, you know, in our different walks of life, we think different things. We believe different things. We like different things. We dislike different things, right? We all have different things that separate us from one another. But while we have other things that are common denominators, this is one, this is a common denominator that we all share, that we are rabid and obsessed and we live and die with the success of this team, and that tomorrow we will be wearing those victory polos to celebrate the thrashing that the Cowboys gave to the Minnesota Vikings as they announced themselves as one of the very best teams in the NFL. So uh, I'm thankful for the Cowboys. I'm thankful for you. And um, I'm thankful for um, the diet root beer that I'm going to drink tonight when I chill out. It's going to be awesome. All right, everybody, have a great week. Have a great, safe holiday. We'll talk to you soon. We love you all. Thanks for hanging out. See you next time.